Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Gen Me, a podcast for Gen Z by Gen Z. And today I have my friend and TikTok star, Shay Durazo. Welcome, Shay. Thank you. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I know. So this is also <laughs> his first podcast. I had a guest on here before, so I took their virginity. So I'm taking your podcasting oh my virginity. Gosh, I know. I can't believe I'm a podcast virgin. I, I know. Like You've I been in the game for already. so long. I know. Uh, this is I'm very happy to be here. Very excited. <laughs> so tell us, what do you do? What do I do? Gosh, well, I had something to do when I was in school, and now okay. I just kind of vibe. I think it's still weird for me to say I'm a TikToker full-time, but that's kind of what I do every day. I'm just constantly filming content, editing content, communicating with brands. It's the weirdest it's a job dream, ever. Though. I feel like so many people aspire just to do that, be able to do that <laughs> full-time. But for those of you that don't know, Shay has over... 3 million followers on TikTok. He just hit 3 million, I believe, like last month. Literally last month. Welcome. I mean, welcome. You. Oh my God. Congratulations. Thank well, welcome you. and congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so how did you first get started on TikTok? Oh my gosh. I like to say it runs in the family, kind of. Okay. Um, My cousin is very successful. He was successful on Vine. Then he took it to YouTube. Spill. And, yeah, Brent Rivera. I mean, you Brent Rivera is your cousin? Yeah, first cousin. No way. Yeah, we used to make vlogs when we were like eight and okay. just for fun. And then he started posting them. And was able to market and monetize this entire, like, I almost call it like a TV show is what he's done yeah. with his, like, little squad of people. Um, he was huge on Vine. Huge I mean, on I Vine. bet he's still huge now, but he like... He just I hit would... 20 million on YouTube, literally Shut yesterday. Up. Yeah. So he's killing it. Um, and I think just working with him and kind of being introduced to that world when I was, like, 13. Yeah. And then helping my little sister do kind of the same thing. It's just all kind of fallen into our lap. So all of you guys do social media? Pretty much, yeah. So who in the family, which one of your parents is like the, like, it has to come from one of, like, oh, someone. Gosh. My parents are very theatrical people. I Got mean, it. So we, that's where it comes from. We all grew up dancing. My mom was a professional dancer. My dad was a singer. So, like, we're Period. very, like, we did all of that. And yeah. I think that translates really well to social media because you feel like you're already performing. Yeah. So it's just like, why not yeah. film it? <laughs> you're, like, performing without an audience. Yeah. And people will make fun of you, but they make fun of you until you're... Make fun of yourself, too. Yeah. I think... Like, going back, obviously, it runs in the family, so we did know what we were doing. But when quarantine hit, I think we were just so bored. And we were like, why not just post, you know, dance videos every mm -hmm. day and see what happens? And it kind of took off. So, now it's my job. <laughs> so, was it your first video that you posted, like, that just blew up? Or was it, like, a steady, like, following? Oh, it was definitely a steady increase. I had, it like, a catalyst. When everyone started getting TikTok, mm -hmm. I did a video with David Dobrik with Justin Bieber. Wait, you were with David Dobrik yeah. and Justin Bieber? How? Yeah. Okay, so this is the funniest story. I was at the Alpha Phi House at UCLA, and David Dobrik pulls up and was like, I just need a couple of people if you want to be in a video. And I was like, Hello. He just randomly just walked randomly. up. Randomly. I mean, like, he kind of came to UCLA, like, all the time when he was in his, like, peak of okay. YouTube. So it was like, yeah, I'll do it. I get in the car. Casual. Yeah, he starts asking me questions. He's like, I'm just asking you questions about pop culture. He's like, what do you think of, like, Billie Eilish? What do you think of these people? And then he said, what do you think about Justin Bieber? And I was like, I love him, but his new song "Yummy" is just not it. Like, and, it's, and did he pop like out from he behind? He popped up from right behind Shut me. The fuck up! I was gagged. Like, I, I wow. And I was nineteen at the time, so yeah. And then it blew up on YouTube. It, I think on Twitter it blew up too. So I started capitalizing on it on TikTok before I had any followers and woke up to like hundred thousand followers just from just from that what, one what video. What would you post to capitalize on it? I think it was like um, it was a video. Oh, God, how'd it go? It was like a trend where it was like, I had him first or something, like watch oh. your back at Selena Gomez or something. Yeah. And then I did like pictures of me and Justin Bieber. And together. that got you 100K? Yeah. And like overnight. I think that Shut was back up. when like TikTok, it was like you had a viral video, you could 100% yeah. have a career. And then <laughs> from there, um, instead of just like, you know, I feel like people have a viral hit and then they kind of fizzle yeah. out. I think me and my sister kind of found our niche in our market. 
And we just grew from there. I think at one point we were growing like 20,000 followers a day during quarantine. It was absurd. Yeah. And we had no idea what to do with any of it. We were just like, we're having fun. Yeah. So when, when did like the, the brand partnerships start to enter? Because I know at the very beginning of TikTok, like everyone was just like, especially companies were like so confused as to like, how do we capitalize on this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, like I said, it kind of ran in the family. I would get deals through Bryce, who is Brent's older sister or older brother. And that's how it started. But it started on Instagram when the TikTok followers came in. Because like I said, I, I don't think brands knew how to navigate the platform yet. Right. Um, my bit, my first big one was with Walmart okay. and it was just an Instagram. Was this campaign. during COVID, like during quarantine? Yeah. It was like, uh, getting students back into school, but mm-hmm. no one was on campus. So, but they like furnished my whole apartment and it was oh, like a good okay. introduction into like working with a brand. Um, and I was just so excited to get a brand deal. I was like, yeah. wow, this is great. Um, and now I think it's more important to have like collaborations with brands. I think they know more. Like if they're going to hire an influencer, they want what the influencer brings to the table. Like they want mm-hmm. that audience and that connection. They don't just want to slap their name on right. like some random campaign. And I think like all these social media people that work at big companies, like I work at Good American and I'm in charge. I, I like help run the socials there. Mm-hmm. And like we, when we do influencer partnerships, like it's so important that's me, like I'm doing that or I'm like picking out which people to choose because like I'm Gen Z, like I know what will work on TikTok. 100%. And I feel like all these companies have started to hire younger people. Mm-hmm to kind of brand their company, make it seem like cool or like trendy. Cause you don't want like a 40 year old, like doing a TikTok partnership. Yeah. And you want it to feel authentic. You 100%. don't want, yeah. I, I personally, I know my sister and my cousin and pretty much everyone that I've worked with on social media feels like if they're going to do a partnership, it has to be authentic and mm-hmm. it needs to be a brand that I already know of or use or endorsed before they came to me. I think that's something that our followers can also feel is like, we're promoting a brand that we support. Yeah. Have you ever had to like turn down a partnership just because you didn't like yeah. that? All the time. I won't say any brands, but like personally, me and my sister, we go to Starbucks every morning. We did that since quarantine. It's one of like our main content focuses. And I've been approached by, you know, companies that aren't Starbucks. And I know you don't want to cheat on Starbucks. I can't cheat on Starbucks. It's my favorite brand. Has Starbucks reached out? I've never seen a Starbucks brand. They don't do them often. Like a collab. I know. But I would love Starbucks. I go what would you morning. want? Would you want like your, your own drink? Like oh the, the shade drink? Everyone asks about my drink all the time. And it's it's pretty simple. It's just a venti vanilla iced coffee with extra breve, extra caramel jizzle, and light ice. And <laughs> I think we could totally brand that. Would, I think you should. It's so good, too. It's like a milkshake every morning. Or start like a... like a, <laughs> like a. Oh, I also feel like Starbucks doesn't really need... They don't. Like more Well, there's one people. on every corner. They Literally. Like they don't go. need more demand. But I would definitely like, if I was Starbucks, like start like... A hashtag and like a dance. Oh, like how you like the dancer. Yeah, I'm gonna write that down. Starbucks, I'm coming for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Watch your prayers, Starbucks. <laughs> Wait, so you still post dancing videos? Is that like your main thing now, or have you branched out to more like lifestyle or comedy or vlogs? Or I think I'm branching out into lifestyle. I think now that we have such a like a loyal fan base for the you know sibling dances, mm-hmm. and now that Nicolette's not a child anymore, yeah. she's in high school. I think we're both trying to be you know, let people into our more authentic lives and show the day-to-day kind of stuff for both of us. I mean, yeah. she's 15 now. I just turned 22. I have so many different subcategories that I can, you know, let my followers mm-hmm. into, you know, LGBTQ, 20s, school, post-grad, all that kind of stuff yeah. that I'm just starting to let my followers in on. Um, I just started a new series called Shay's Gay Adventures and it's like a I've daily vlog. That. Yeah. I mean, they're just fun kind of for me too to do and just see what I do through my yeah. day-to-day. Um but it's also kind of crazy. Like I am everywhere. I've been in like four states in the last week. Like Wyoming, <laughs> literally Wyoming, Utah, New York. Yeah, New York. It's crazy. Florida. So just letting my followers kind of follow along and see what I do in my day to day. 
I think that's really yeah. fulfilling and it's authentic for me. And I feel like people live through you because you have like such an infectious personality. Like you're so like <laughs> uplifting. You're like how like such like a you're just like attract people. Oh so I I was walking literally like last month with my friend. I was visiting my friend Sydney in New York. This is a true story, actually. <laughs> Everything on this podcast is a true story. <laughs> um, and we're just walking, like literally in the middle of New York, and I cross a street, and like I literally bump into them, and it's literally Shay and like three of his friends and Nolan. So, so Shay and Nolan, my friends too. Um, and just like literally, like what are the odds that I run into you in the middle of New York City when we both crazy. live in like LA? I know that was the weirdest thing. I, you, I forget what you said, but I was like, who is yelling at us right now? Yeah, no, I, I like spook them. <laughs> I love scaring people. So once you hit 3 million followers, how big of a, like a milestone? Like, what did that mean to you? Oh my gosh, it was crazy. I think every, every milestone is pretty surreal. Mm-hmm. Like when, when I hit a million, it was like, oh my gosh. When did you hit a million? I think it was end of 2021, no, 2020 summer, August 2021 or August 2020. Yes, I remember. It was the same time as my breakup, coincidentally. Um, you had to drop one and gain the other. Exactly. Um, but I think that was when things started to become a little more real. And it was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, you're just, you go from dancing in your living room and you think a couple people are like, that's cute. That's yeah. funny. And then you realize, wow, a lot of people are starting to care. And that's when it gets so much. It's crazy. I mean, now online, it's like, oh, you have a million. But like, if you a million people walk that door, you're like, crap that's crazy a big door it's a huge door (laughs) Um, how does that translate to real life oh my gosh like do you get stopped in the street occasionally we had the weirdest thing happen disney world and disneyland are like the place like that's where like my fan base i feel like a lot of like okay because i just posted a disney world I kind of made fun of Disneyland adults. Oh, oh, I'm fully a Disney adult. I make fun I'm of them so too. sorry. Well, I got canceled <laughs> on TikTok. Did you really? Oh my, so much, so many hate comments. Sorry. The algorithm Proceed. did you dirty. <laughs> Proceed. No, but like I did the same thing. I did the same thing when I was in Disney World. Um, but it was weird because like I would start to notice we were on a VIP tour, mm-hmm. so that was like good. We kind of got like to bust around, but like everywhere, all the little kids, like the little girls of my fan base, are a lot of like 12, mm-hmm. 11 kind of ish, Nicolette's age. We're like freaking out, and I was isn't like, Nicolette in high school? Yeah, but like she still looks young. We still okay. have like a pretty young fan base. Yeah. Okay, I feel like that's my target. Like my target. Oh, audience. I thought you said your sister looks twelve. She kind of still does. Okay. But it was just weird, like walking through Disneyland, and you see all these people kind of turn their head, and it's like this is really that's really crazy, weird. Yeah. This is weird. And then we were at the boardwalk. I was just with Mark, my boyfriend, and this mom pulled up like a picture on my Instagram. I was like, "Is this you?" And like then all of a sudden they start. Yeah. yeah it's it's been crazy i love meeting my followers and supporters i think it's the cutest thing ever and they're always so sweet so you guys can keep coming up and saying hi. it's like it's they, very cute it's just like they feel like i mean they do know you like they know yeah. you mean you're so public and you kind of just like share every almost every like inch of your life on social media yeah, so it's like so much everyone gets to know you and i love getting to know them i think it's so sweet yeah it makes me really happy i haven't had a bad experience with that yet it's still Don't very say yet Oh my no, God. it's not going to come. It's still very surreal. I think VidCon was when it really hit that I was oh, like... Oh, so you went to VidCon? Mm-hmm, okay. I did, yeah. I was supposed to be in Utah, but plans changed. Mm-hmm. She came back. She went to VidCon. It was great. I got to meet a bunch of my followers, and I got to meet a bunch of um, other creators. And it just really... That's when I think it finally clicked. It was like, you have a space in this market, and your voice is being heard, and people are responding positively. Mm-hmm. And that's when I kind of was like, okay... I have a responsibility now and it's time to, you know, oh, yeah. take it seriously. Did you have like a meet and greet station? I did not. I wasn't okay. registered with VidCon to be a featured creator. It was so last minute. Mm-hmm. I was shocked my manager was able to get me in. But I just went for the last day and it was crazy. It was so really? fun. Yeah. What's like the craziest 
oh moment of VidCon. Well, Spotify shut down Disneyland at night for all the creators. Yes, and that. that was really, really fun. And then they also had SZA perform. So seeing SZA was oh, really cool. Oh my God. Yeah. And just meeting everyone. Like, it's so crazy because you have like a mutual online and then you get to see them face to face and mm-hmm. you guys actually hit it off. It's yeah. so cool. It's the coolest thing. <laughs> well, before we go in further, we have, I have a uh, segment on my show where we try alcohol. So oh we are both over 21. I'm 22. I'm 22 too. Gosh, Alexa played to 22 say. by Taylor yes. Swift. <laughs> um, this is Barefoot Hard Seltzer. Oh, it's a I'm peach and nectarine so excited. wine-based seltzer. Awesome. I've never tried a wine-based seltzer, so. Cheers, queers. Yeah, cheers, we, queers. We always got to cheers it. I love an ASMR moment. Oh my god, I cheers. I don't want it. That's gonna squirt. Oh, that was good. I'm cheers. so excited. Cheers. Cheers, queers. Cheers, queers. <laughs> mm. 70 calories, you're lying. Skinny. This is delish. I used to love their um Moscato. I the, love Moscato. This oh, is, it's just white wine, sparkling water, and natural this is flavors. Very um, yeah, I'm mm-hmm, mm-hmm, big fan. So what did you study? You just graduated UCLA. I did. What did you study at UCLA? I was a double major in dance and political science. Um, so are you like going to go to like foreign countries and try to like <laughs> dance to persuade the government yes, to change? Yes, I'm going to be a top dancing lawyer now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I originally went into UCLA thinking I wanted to double major and graduate in three years and go straight to law school. Got it. So like I worked for my first year down, I worked for Kamala Harris on her social media team in Brentwood. Yeah. That's insane. Our, our current vice president. Before she was elected. Before she was elected, this was on the campaign trail, but she was still a senator. So we were running her Senate side of stuff. So um, no dancing videos for Kamala. No dancing like, videos Kamala, for Kamala. Kamala, we need to get on the renegade. <laughs> it was so surreal working in a government office like you just kind of i was really really discouraged of how little you can do as a political employee like it's really your your hands are kind of tied really and everyone in the office is just looking for the next you know opportunity how how did you feel discouraged well i knew that i didn't want to be in politics anymore so this the next summer i was a paralegal assistant mm. at a firm um yeah. for estate planning it's giving legally blonde it's giving legally blonde i did part time two times a week and I didn't really love that either. It just, nothing really spoke to me. And mm-hmm. I kind of felt like I was capable of doing more yeah. um, in whatever sphere I wanted to go into, whether that be political or performance or social media or whatever. So I finished my last year of school and then I took a dance job in Utah mm-hmm. and it was a great experience, but kind of same thing. You just, I feel like I can get stuck when I'm not my own boss. I feel like- right. Even social media now, you can do so much for political change when you have a platform. So that's something that I'm more interested in, in making that change instead of working for someone else and not really going right. anywhere. I feel like you're you're kind of, you outgrew working for someone else in a way. Totally. Like now at this point, you're working for your own brand. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of something like I, I mean, I don't obviously have anywhere near like the amount of followers that you have yet. Um, but get like I want to be a TV host when I'm older. Mm-hmm. So it's like every time I work for something or someone like, Yes, I learn a lot. And it's interesting, interesting, but like at the end of the day, I'm just like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's and it's kind of scary though because like you're just like that's taking a big risk of like not being employed by like a big company totally. per se. Um, so you just like really have to bank on yourself and like there but has yeah, trust yourself. There's that's like such a big amount of confidence that comes in that. Oh yeah, it's a giant leap, and I'm still scared every day. But what I keep reminding myself is that you know we're so young and we have all these skills, and you just need to be confident in yourself, yeah. and you can continue to evolve you know even if you're like in your 30s and mm-hmm. stuff you can keep changing what you want to do and where your passions lie so what are you doing now oh what am i doing now i am a full-time influencer 
Um, so what does that entail? Yeah, I mean, I go to events pretty much all week long for different brands, get to experience a lot of brands, build those partnerships, um, which is really important now if you're in the influencing sphere, you want to get to know brands on a more personal level. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of see, okay, do your you know missions align? Is this a brand that you'd be considered working with? Is this a brand that you don't want to work with So anymore? you go to like PR events? Pretty or? much, yeah. Okay. Um, I've also gotten really into like fitness, which is exciting. So you I love your go. Berry's Bootcamp. I love a Berry's Bootcamp. You need to be sponsored by them. I know. You literally go all the time. I go all the time. But um, not the, like other fitness brands are reaching out and I'm going to some of those events and going okay. and trying other fitness classes. So it's just kind of experimental right now, seeing what, what brands I want to work with and where I want to align myself. And then also just finding my own personal brand online is yeah. something that once you're full time, you can actually it's hone in on. It's very fluid also. Like- totally. You have to you have to evolve on social media. If I did the same thing every single day, you know, eventually it's going to get old and people mm-hmm. aren't going to care anymore. So if you want to stay relevant and inspired to create, I think you need to be open to changing. Yeah. yeah. So when you go to these events, when you say you want to like build partnerships with the brand, mm-hmm. what do you just like show face there? Like, do you speak to like the executives of like the brand and just like try to make a, yeah. a deal? Well, I think there's two different types of people in LA. I think there's the people that just kind of do show face mm-hmm. and they're like, all right, I'm here. Just like post. Yeah, this was cute. And then I think there's the people who really are genuinely curious about like, why did this brand invite me to this event? Yeah. And what, where can, where can we align? Okay. And I think that's what I've recently gotten more into, especially I think making the jump to full-time influencing, that's something that's yeah. more important to you. Um, so yeah, I am talking to like the CEOs and the event managers that's amazing. and it's, it's been really, really cool and eye-opening. Like you get to know what the brands are looking for right. and they get to know what you are and want you learn in a partnership. S- you learn so much about like business also. Totally. I was not a business major. <laughs> I did yeah. not know anything about business, but, but I'm learning like about learn, it. Yeah. yeah, it's great. So I saw that you're represented by Digital Brand Architects and United Talent. Yes, I think they're kind of intertwined, but I just signed with DBA and it was the best decision I've ever made. So then is being it. a full-time influencer sustainable? I think yes. I think in this day and age, it's still something that like my professional peers are like, when are you yeah. doing? Like, that's so dumb. But I think it's not only sustainable, but it's also like you can really make change and do things that you're passionate about that you wouldn't have been able to do if you didn't go mm-hmm. full-time. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely like you have like an amount of freedom because you're not really tied to like sitting, yeah. going somewhere from like every day from like nine to five. Yeah, you work for yourself. It's yeah. great. It's it's really, really cool. So what would you say was like, has been like the coolest opportunities you've got to do from oh social media? Gosh. Wow. I love going to events. So I think whenever okay. I get invited to an event, I'm like, wow. What's the coolest event? Oh my gosh. The, the Spotify ones are so fun. Really? Those ones are really great. I got to see Gwen Stefani like this close to her, oh, which was cool. The SZA one was great. Um, Lizzo did the Halloween one. Like it was, Spotify does a good job. Um, But I think on partnership wise, getting to do pride campaigns for the first time was amazing. I got to work with Amazon this year um, on a pride campaign and it was for Amazon fashion. And I, I shop on Amazon all day long, every day. So to get to work I with a brand. I love a good Amazon Prime. Same day delivery. Same day delivery. Gets me horny. It was great. So I got to pick out my pride outfits through um, Amazon, which I was literally going to do anyway. So I think that collaboration felt very authentic. And yeah. it, it just made sense. Um, and that was probably my biggest campaign that I've done so far. It was really cool to get to do. And how was it like being like a, an LGBTQ plus influencer? Well, girl, I came out when I was 11. So it's kind of the only what? thing that I know. Yeah, I don't You think... came out when you were 11? Yeah. I... How did you know you were gay at 11? Girl, I knew since I was like four years old. <laughs> I mean, I don't think what? I knew what it was. But just you find out you're when people are starting to like girls or, or you yeah. know, people have crushes and that just doesn't happen for you. You know, something's up. 
Um, so once I was able to kind of hone in on it and define it, uh-huh. it was no question of like, why would you not? So you told you, did you like, do you want to hear the coming out story? Please. <laughs> it is kooky. Um, Maybe we should do like a door explore moment. Do you guys want to hear the coming yeah. out story? <laughs> okay. We're going <laughs> to just silence. Craig <laughs> yeah. Um, I was 11. It was the last day of seventh grade and ask FM was really, really big. At oh, the time. I used, yeah. Okay. It was the moment. And like everyone was just getting smartphones. So like it was the thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, So I asked myself before the last day of school in seventh grade, are you gay? And then I responded with, yeah, LOL. This is all real. And you can still look it up on Ask FM. It's the funniest thing ever. Then I went to school and I just really like, everyone was coming up to me and like, just like, is this real? Is this real? And I was like, yes. Like my shirt from Amazon Fashion. (laughs) collection. I wore a young and reckless t-shirt. I remember picking out the outfit. Yeah, khaki shorts. Um, (laughs) Not the khaki shorts. (laughs) Literally, it was so bad. Um, Khaki shorts is like, you're bi. It was so bad. I mean, I was 11. I didn't know what was going on. But yeah, that was how I came out. And everyone just kind of knew. I think it literally made regional news in Huntington Beach. I grew up in a very conservative It made town. regional news? What, I'm like a young sure. boy comes out yeah, as gay? a little gay boy over here. Oh my God. <laughs> but it was just kind of like the talk of the town. Everyone knew. And then I think as I grew up, that was already a part of my identity. So it was never something that I was battling yeah. with. Um, That's great. Yeah, it's, it's such a different way than I feel like a lot of the LGBTQ uh, creators like they talk about being, you know, hiding who they yeah. were for so long. Right. I'm very fortunate to just live authentically all yeah. the way, like from seventh grade on. That's really powerful. Like it's that, been that's, crazy. That's really powerful. It just like speaks like masses about like yourself. Like I, I, I just never cared. I was like, work. That's, no, that's <laughs> literally amazing. I came out when I was like, I think I went through puberty at like 16 years old, super late. Okay. I came out when I was like 18. Okay. And I feel like that's pretty normal for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's people that come out of like 20, 30, 40, yeah. whatever. But I feel like I wasn't comfortable like even saying on social media that I was like gay until like maybe a year or two years ago. Okay. And I feel like just social media in general has like made me a lot more comfortable. About totally. It. That's amazing. I but, mean, my boyfriend didn't come out until I was 21, pretty yeah. much. So I think at, you come out when you're safe and when right, you're ready. Right. I was ready when I was a little, yeah, little boy. Like 11 years old. Yeah. So I think it's just, I just don't have that learned experience of, you know, really like repressing myself. Yeah. I always just was like, this is what it is. Take yeah. it or leave it, you know? And I think that's, it's so important that like we kind of have these platforms to, mm-hmm. to advocate, like, you know, like telling people that it's okay. Or like, you know, like LGBTQ plus youth are like so disproportionately affected by like depression and totally. mental health, especially trans mm-hmm. kids. It's just like having role models like you, for example, it's just like, so powerful because it like just lets people know like oh i can be gay and i can be successful or i can be gay and i can have a boyfriend or and i think just what people watching that especially my audience being so young and just being able to see that i still go through a day-to-day i still like x y and z like everyone else it not only like humanizes lgbtq people but i think it shows that y- you can still do 100%. the same things that everyone else does yeah i mean there's like such a stigma behind it's like people need to chill we're so fortunate <laughs> to live in la but uh, yeah girl no. i've traveled to other places wyoming <laughs> Why- i lived in utah for three months and it is was it hard there Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, you just, this outfit that I'm wearing, I'm in a cute little tank top right now. If I wore this to Target in Utah, do you imagine how many people mm-hmm. are just staring at you up and down the aisle, you know? It was very isolating and very different. It was a very humbling experience, I think. I've always grown up in California. So right. it's just like, it's not like dangerous to wear a tank top or a yeah, crop top Yeah, no, but you out. definitely have to think about it in 100%. other places. Yeah, it's crazy. So that was a very interesting experience. Well, do you have any other cool opportunities coming up or anything you want to oh announce oh i something that is definitely happening is i'm returning to youtube finally so Period. that'll be fun i feel like all my content is just um like shorter content mm-hmm. like 
I think a minute is the longest video I've produced in the last three years. On YouTube? Yeah, like, oh no, just in life. Okay. Like a TikTok is like a minute yeah. long at the maximum. So for me to produce longer content, I think it's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for it. You, t- you see even more of me. You're welcome. Uh, before we finish, is there anything you want to add or that I haven't asked? Oh my gosh. Not really. It's like a very journalism question. I know. Uh, gosh. No, I feel like we hit pretty much all of it. Um, I'm just excited to, you know, I took this leap literally a couple weeks ago to just be full time. So I'm really excited to see what I can do with this yeah, opportunity. You're at the very beginning of your I know. Your professional career. It's so crazy to say. I mean, I like it's you have nothing else to fall back it's on. It's scary. Yeah, but like every 20, 20 something year old, you know, like you after college you make that risk. And then mm-hmm. if it doesn't work, you change around. I love it. We're lucky that we're like young. And we're, we're so lucky. <laughs> yeah, do you want to drop your social media handles for yes. everyone to go to? I am Shay Durazo on everything. S-H-E-A-D-U-R-A-Z-Z-O on literally every platform. I just got verified on, on Snapchat. Yes, on Ask FM. Really? Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's always just Shay Durazo. That's so funny that you say that though, because when we were like young, they're like, don't make your name, your like email mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like, don't do that. And I was like, I'm doing it. And it's yeah. kind of paid off because now no one else has the name. Yeah. But yes, that's everything. YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram. I'm everywhere and everywhere all at once. Well, I wish I had my same username for everything. <laughs> the podcast is Genmi Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And you could hear us on Spotify, Apple Music, etc. And then my personal on TikTok is Daniel.Dana. And my Instagram is DanaDaniel33. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you had a very insightful listening and watching experience. Thank you, Shay. <laughs> so much thank you for having me of course i had such a good time and let's yeah, do guys, this again sometime period this <laughs> same time next week i'm here bring this and bring spotify <laughs> yes let's do it all right bye guys and bye. stay tuned for the next episode